Well, this morning we're going to be talking about the most powerful thing on the planet. It has life and death. Power of life and death. Anybody know what we're talking about? Okay. Felix, why don't you come on up? How do you even say your last name? Amenemé. Everybody say Amenemé. This is Felix Amenemé. He's going to bring the word this morning. Can you extend your hand to him, please? Jesus, we just thank you for Felix. We thank you for the word you've put on his heart. Lord, we pray that uh, as this word goes forth, it wouldn't be just something we hear and go on with our day, but it's something we uh, hear and we put into practice. Lord, we don't want to just be hearers. We want to be doers, God. In Jesus' name, we uh, pray for that grace this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We thank God for his presence. God is here. You know, his presence is really here. And, you know, I could really, I believe everybody felt his presence. You know, God inhabits the presence of his people, and God was really here. Amen. We bless his holy name. I thank God for this opportunity to share the word of God with you. Pastor Pastor Jim is not here today, as we all know, and he asked me to stand or hold a fort for him. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. So, let's go. Uh, For the past several weeks, both here in St. Paul and Minneapolis, we have been listening or hearing about a new way, the letter to the Ephesians. And uh, a lot of people have spoken, including Pastor Jim, has spoken over here. And uh, as I listen to the, the messages over here, I've seen that they've really done a good job. Should we clap for them? <laughs> they've done a good job. And the same thing is happening in Minneapolis. A new, a new way. The letter to the Ephesians. And we have asked... We have been listening or hearing a message about the book of Ephesians. We learned that the book of Ephesians is divided into two. The first part is who we are in the Lord. There was a time when we were all wallowing in sin. We were living according to our senses. We were living anyhow. And the prince of the world was governing our life. He was controlling us. And we were dead in our sin. Despite that, the Lord had compassion on us. He saved us. He redeemed us. And we have become new. We are new creation. Amen. We are new in the Lord. We are different. We are not the same as before. Because the Lord has transformed us. The Lord has changed us. We are new creation. One good thing about this new creation is that we belong to one body. The barriers have been broken down. Every barrier has been broken down. We are all new. We all belong to one body. We are the same. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not not very familiar with this. (laughs) All right. We all belong to one body. There's no difference. We are the same in the Lord. Christ is one. You want to help me? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have more. Yeah. All right. All right. Put it back. Thank you. Oh, no. 
Is it upside down? Hey, we're high-tech uh, around here. All right. <laughs> I'm ready to learn. <laughs> all right, here we go. It's more comfortable now. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We are new, and we belong to one body. We are one in the Lord. Christ is our head. Amen. Amen. That is who we are in the Lord. And we are, apart from who, being who we are, we also have the practical aspects. Now, we are different, we are new. We need to live according to the way we have been redeemed. Amen. We don't have to live anyhow. And that is what the second part of the book of Ephesians talks about. That's from the fourth chapter to the sixth chapter. That is a practical aspect. How do we live this new life in the Lord? Amen. Do we have the, let's have the first slide. The first letter talks about that God is asking us to work worthy of our calling. We need to work worthy of our calling. We have been called into the kingdom of God. That presupposes that we do not have to walk anyhow. There is a way we need to walk because we have changed. If you have changed, then your walking should change. If you have changed, the way you behave should change. And we need to walk worthy of our calling. Amen. And the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians talk about the Father. We need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves. You know, we don't need to give or have any exaggerated opinion about ourselves. You don't need to uplift yourself. We need to humble ourselves. Humble yourself to authority in the body of Christ. We need to be gentle with one another. You might be stronger than somebody in one way or the other, but you need, to have, you need to be gentle. You need to talk to the person gently. You need to behave towards the person gently, your neighbor gently. And we also need to be patient. We are not all the same. Even though we have been redeemed, we are all new, we are different. It could be that somebody is not changing the way you are changing. Be patient with that, with that fellow. At the end of the day, we are all heading toward the same destiny. It doesn't matter whether you are faster or slower. At the end of the day, we are all heading toward the same destiny. And we belong to one body. Therefore, let's be gentle. Let's be patient. Let's bear with one another. Amen. And that leads us to where we are going today. Shall we open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4? Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 17. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the law, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of your thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardening of their heart, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity, which is a continual lust for more. You, however, do not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the, tr- with the truth that is in Jesus. You are taught with regard to the former ways of life, 
to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desire, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Let's, look at, let's, let's listen to the, the latter part. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the need, that it may benefit those who listen. Amen. So as Pastor Ben was saying, <laughs> that death and life, and he couldn't continue. He was living that one for me. And so let's continue. Now, our speeches is very, very important. The Bible said that we should not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. Again, it used to come. Unwholesome talks used to come out of our mouth. Anyhow, when we were dead in our sin, now we are new. Not again. Not any longer. Not any longer. No unwholesome talk should come out of our mouth. Why is it so? We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ on earth. What is the function of an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative of a country. And ambassadors are held in high esteem. Because they are living higher standard of living. They are expected to behave well. We are ambassadors of Christ. Now it is expected of us to behave well. It is expected of us to behave better than the people of the world. Therefore, we don't have to live anyhow. And Paul says, I insist. Don't live like the Gentiles. Amen. Amen. I insist. Don't live like them. Because they are separated from the life of God. So the next slide. Let's put on. Next slide. Put on. Put off. First of all, put off the old self and put on the new self. Amen. Because the Bible says that the old self is being corrupted. Not that it is already. No. First of all, it is already corrupted. And it's still in the process. So it's been corrupted, so there's no need for us to be there. So let's put it off and put on the new self. Amen. Because that one has been created in holiness and righteousness of our living God. So it is better for us to put on the new self. Amen. As we are putting on the new self, we need to make sure that we are not lying to one another. Amen. As we put on the new self, let not the sun go down. On your anger. You can be angry, but don't go to sleep with your anger. If you used to steal, steal, the Bible says don't steal any longer. Don't steal again. And we are concentrating today on the last part. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Amen. 
And so we have a new speech. That is the title of our message today. New speech. New speech. Our speech should correspond with our calling. We are new. We belong to one body. We are expected to live a new life. Therefore, our speech should correspond with our calling. Amen. What is the importance? We want to look at the importance of speech. The importance of speech. And uh, as I said earlier, as Pastor Ben was saying, let's look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. There is death in the power of tongue. There is life in the power of tongue. Whatever you love, you are going to eat its fruits. Amen. Both are in the power of tongue. The tongue is comparable to a knife. In our homes, especially the women, you can use your knife to cook a sumptuous meal for somebody to come and enjoy. And that is life-giving. If I use my knife, I use it well, I cook, somebody comes and eats. Wow. The person will be blessed. The same knife, I can use it to harm somebody or to kill somebody. The tongue, there is power in it. To kill, there is power in it. To give life. Amen. So whichever way you use it, that is a result you are going to get. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Amen. One thing about the tongue, as you have said, the tongue is powerful. It is powerful. If something is powerful, it is capable of changing things. If something is powerful, it is capable of altering situations or conditions. And that is what the tongue can do. It is powerful. Depending on how we use our tongue or our speech, the speech that we use is capable of creating or destroying. If we should use our speech very well, we can create what? Now, we belong to one body. We are one in Christ. If we should use our tongue very well, our, our speech very well, we can create very congenial atmosphere for us to live it, to live in. If I talk well, or if we should talk well to one another, this environment is very good for us to live in. So we have created a good environment for us to live in. If we create, or if we speak, if we speak well, amen. With the same tongue, if I should talk anyhow to anybody, if I should talk disrespectfully to people, if my speeches are not good, what do you think will happen? There will be division in the body. There will be division. There will be animosity in the body. They will not, people will not be one. There will not be unity in the body. So the tongue is capable of constructing and building. Amen. Even our God, he used his speeches to create. At the beginning, the word was amorphous. The word was formless. It has no form. And he said, let there be. Let there be light. And there was light. 
Whatever our God mentioned by his speech, things came into manifestation. That is the power of the tongue. As you speak, things come into manifestation. Amen. The tongue or the speeches that we make can either make us or unmake us. How can our speeches make us? Our speeches can make us in, in the sense that we can become what we are supposed to become as believers. It means that we can realize our destiny. Amen. If I should talk to you anyhow, if I should be in the office or at school, I talk to my boss anyhow, I'm, I'm blocking opportunities because of my speeches. I am blocking opportunities. Therefore, whatever God has in store for me will never come to pass because I've lost all those chances just by the way I'm talking. The same way, if you should talk well, you are creating good opportunities for you. You are paving the way for you. And for sure, you get to your destiny or you realize your destiny. Amen. So we can either make us or unmake ourselves through our own speeches. Amen. Our speeches can also encourage or discourage us. Amen. We encourage people by the way we talk to them. You are doing well. You can do better. Wow, I see great opportunity or, or great potentials in you. Do it. Keep on doing it. You are doing well. A good example in the Bible, for instance, um, or let me put it this way. Speeches can also, like I said, it can bring a good value. I said it already. Now, Gideon was one of the judges in the Old Testament. Gideon was afraid of their enemies. And he was hiding from the, their enemies. But when he was commissioned, when the angel appeared to him, he did not say, Gideon, you coward. He said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He saw the potential in him. He was encouraging him. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. You can deliver your people. You can help deliver your people. You mighty man of valor. He encouraged him. He empowered him. He was empowered. He led their people. He saved their people. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Not Gideon, you coward. No, that was not what he said. So by our speeches, we can encourage or discourage. Amen. The speeches that we make, or the speech that we make has its corresponding outcome. The, speech, the way you speak, there is a result. The way you speak, it, there's going to be an outcome. Another example in the Old Testament is the book, is the, 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 the 12 spies. When Moses sent them to go and look or spy the, the Canaan, just to see how it looked like, some people, 10 of them came back with bad reports. And two of them came with good reports. Those who came with bad reports, they said they couldn't make it. And truly, they couldn't make it. And those who said they could make it, Caleb and Joshua, we are able to possess the land. And they made it. Because, the way they, because of the way they spoke, they believed in their God. And they realized it. That was the result. That was the outcome. Amen. Do you know that the spirit world also is attentive to our speeches, the way we speak? The spirit world is attentive. 
Psalm 103, verse 20. It says, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, obey his word. You angels, the angels, they do his bidding, they obey his command, the commandment of the Lord. They obey the word of God, the angels. At the same time, the angels, they are there to save or to serve us, we the believers. Hebrews 1.13. The angels, they are there to serve us. So when you speak the word of God, they are attentive. Wow, this is what he's saying. Let me go and do it. If you say, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are speaking the word of God. If there were to be a challenge before you, you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The angels will go to work on your behalf. He can do it. That is the child of God. Let me prepare the way for him. And you see that things work out smoothly for you. If you say, that, well, this is too difficult for me. Oh, this sickness is killing me. I don't think I can make it with this sickness. It is killing me. Well, the enemy is also attentive. Well, he says he's killing him. Now, if you say the sickness is killing me, the angels cannot do anything because that is not the word of God. The enemy will go to work and make sure that he kills you. If you say that I cannot do it, then the enemy will make sure that he brings obstacles your way. And you also find ways on, or difficulties just by, because of what you have said. So that is the importance of our speech. Instruction on speech. How are we to conduct ourselves as new believers, as new people created by our living God through the blood of the Lamb? How are we to conduct ourselves? The word of God says that do not let any unwholesome okay. Do not make unwholesome speeches. Okay. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He says that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He said, Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful to, to build others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful to build others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The Amplified Version also says that, you know, do not let any foul talk, no polluting language, no worthless talk should come out of your mouth, ever, ever, because you are new in the Lord. You are new. Therefore, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You are different. You know, God is here. We were praising our living God. And let's, we bless the, the worship team. You actually did well by leading us to the throne of God. It was really a powerful time of worship. We were blessing and praising God with our lips. And the word of God says that we cannot use the same mouth to bless God and the same mouth to curse. 
The same mouth cannot bless God and the same mouth to be insulting people. No. The word of God says we should not do that. Therefore, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is beneficial. Only what is building people up. That is what it should be. Amen. The speech should be beneficial to people. The speech should be encouraging to people. Like you are doing well. I see a great potential in you. Do it. Keep on doing. Why do we have uh, cheerleaders at the sports stadium and all those things? They'll be singing to the, to the footballers or the soccer players, whatever. As they play and they cheer them, what happened? They, they are always energized to do well. So we need to cheer people up. Somebody who has done well, congratulate the person. Well done. We're, not too long ago, we were congratulating uh, Jean and Alvina. They've really made it 50 years. It's no joke. So we need to congratulate them. You have done well. They have set a good example for us to follow. As a body, that is how we need to be talking. Our talks should encourage people. Amen. You know, Sam is not here. Sam and Josie, I think Sam, Sam is a, one of uh, our missionaries in Asia. You know, two weeks ago, he was standing up here, and Pastor Jim was saying that what he likes he, he has always been encouraging his, his boys to actually marry and marry good. You remember that? Those of you who were here. And I remember he was standing here. What was his reaction? Yes! <laughs> yes! Because he was encouraged. Somebody encouraged, uh, congratulated him for what he was doing. Yes! I've done well. You are blessing the person. What do you think will happen? You are paving a way for that person to do better. As you encourage a person, as you congratulate a person, you are making the way for the person to do better. So let's let our talks, let our speeches be good. Let our speeches bless people. Again, eh? Oh, no. Can you help me? This way. back this way. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> I'm still learning, so bear with me. <laughs> All right. So, and one thing, there's another thing in the body of Christ. Many a time we say, bless you. God bless you. That is good. Whenever somebody does something for you, or after meeting with somebody, oh, bless you, you have the person bless you. As you are blessing the person, what do you think will happen? For sure, you are blessing the person. God will surely bless the person. So, we don't have to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. For whatever comes, you encourage the person. Bless you. For sure, you'll be assured of that blessing. Amen. Bless you. And we are here in the body. We have, we have teachers, we, we, have, we have pastors who have been teaching us every now and then. To what? To edify us. We have been receiving, as I said earlier on, all those who have been teaching this uh, new way, good job. You have been edifying us. You have been building us up in the body. So that as believers, most of the time, we should be speaking the word of God to people. As long as you speak the word of God to your friend or your fellow believer, 
you can be assured of the fact that you are edifying the person. You can be assured of the fact that you are empowering the person. Amen. Speak only what to empower the person. Speak only what to edify the person. Amen. No unwholesome talk. No filthy talk. No foul talk. Because our tongue. Can anybody keep rotten food on the tongue? Or stale food on the tongue? I believe we all want to have good food. Fresh food on the tongue. As we speak foul words. Or as we make foul speeches. As we insult people. Those things, they are rotten. They are unwholesome. They are polluting. So, they are not supposed to come from our mouth. But only life-giving words. Amen. No unwholesome talk should come out of our mouth. Amen. It says that only what to build the hearer up. If I speak to you, you hear it. As I speak to you, I hear it myself also. So it means that whatever word I speak, whether I speak to somebody or I speak to myself, it should build me up. It should not put me down. Amen. So whatever I speak should build me up. You might find yourself being downhearted. But the word of God says, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I am strong. I will make it, no matter what is happening in my life, I am strong. The Lord is my portion. My Lord will see me through. Amen. You might find yourself in need or lacking somebody or lacking something. And the word says what? The Lord will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. You might be lacking something, but the Lord will supply your needs. Therefore, declare it. The Lord will supply my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Therefore, whatever I'm lacking now, be it money, be it wisdom, he will supply it because I need it. Amen. He will supply it. Speak Good works to yourself. Amen. And he will see you through. Amen. That is how our new speech should be. It should be full of faith. It should be full of the word of God. Amen. Speak good words. Present good speeches. Amen. Amen. Now, you might be asking yourself, now, the Bible says I should speak well. How am I to be, how, how can I do it? Sometimes I just find myself, I, I, I see that I'm not able to do it. How do you do it? How do you go about that? Well, the Bible is good. Everything is in the Bible. The Lord has always made provision for us. Any challenge that you might, you might, be, facing, you might be facing, go to the Bible. There is solution for that in the Bible. How should we make sure that our speeches are not unwholesome? How should we make sure that our talks are not unwholesome? The, the solution is in the Bible. Amen. How do you control the speeches we make? One of them is to bridle your tongue. Bridle 
your tongue. Whenever you say bridle, what picture comes to your mind? The horse. Whenever you say bridle, the horse comes to your mind because the horse, you bridle the horse. As you bridle the horse, you are, you know, you are in control. Amen. When you bridle the horse, you can guide the horse or make sure the horse leads you wherever you want to go. Because you have bridled the horse. Amen. Because, you know, the Bible also says that what? Uh, let me refer to my notes over here in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. It says that in a multitude of sin, <laughs> in a multitude of talk, eh, there is no sin. There is, uh, let, me, let me go back. There is sin, sorry. In a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. In a multitude of talk, sin is not lacking. So it, it means that when you are somebody who talks too much, you will find yourself committing sin. If you talk too much, you will find yourself making so many mistakes. Sometimes you'll be stepping on somebody's toes without knowing. Sometimes you are talking too much just to impress people, but you are making mistakes. So don't talk too much. Bridle your tongue. The Bible says we should bridle our tongue. Amen. Bridle your tongue. Amen. So with that, as you bridle your tongue, you are not reckless in the way you talk. As you bridle your tongue, you are careful of the words that come out of your mouth. You are careful of your speeches. Amen. Brittle your tongue. Amen. Be slow to speak. Amen. Proverbs, James chapter 1 verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Because we are new in the Lord. You, we are different. We are ambassadors. So take note and be careful of this. Every one of us should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to anger. Because if you, if, you, if you talk too much, what is, what is going to happen is that you, if, you are, if you are quick to speak, for sure, you are going to make a mistake. One thing about being slow to talk or being slow in our speeches is that as you are being slow, what do you think is happening? You are going to be selective in the words that come out of your mouth. As you are being slow, it's, it's just like you have a, a teleprompter. Don't say that. Say this. Say this. This is better. As you are being slow, you can be assured of saying the right thing. For example, somebody may have written to you a bad letter. And you need to respond right away. Don't respond. <laughs> Don't respond. Because if you should respond, you can be assured of making mistakes. Serious mistakes. Things that you regret for saying. Things that you, didn't, you shouldn't have said, and you'll say it. 
So be slow in responding. And after waiting for a day or two, maybe sometime a week or a month, you can be assured of speaking the right words. Amen. So the Bible says that be slow or be quick to listen. Somebody can insult you or say any reckless thing to you. Well, be quick to you. You've heard it. That's okay. But in order for you to respond, be slow at that. That is the instruction. Be slow at that. And uh, you can be assured of doing the right thing. Amen. And also, another thing we can do is uh, learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Let's learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he's our teacher. He's our guide. He's our instructor. He's our empire. You know, like a referee. Hey, don't do that. Stop. As you are talking to somebody, we need to be in communication with the Holy Spirit. Lord, am I saying the right word? Is it the way I should say it? The Holy Spirit is going to guide you. So let's learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will choose the right words for us so that we don't have to speak anyhow. Our speech should be wholesome. It should edify people. It should bless us. It should bless people, even including ourselves. Yes, it should bless us as well. So let no unwholesome talk come out of our, our life or our mouth because we are new. Our speeches should be new. Amen. I'm going to give the benediction with this word from the word of God. Hebrews 13, 20, 21 says, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd equip you with every good for doing his will. And may he works in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord encourage you. May the Lord be with you today and to walk as your calling. May the peace of the living God rest in you from this place. To, the, to, the, to your home and to the eternal home. Amen. Go with the peace of the Lord.